Thanks for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast. For more information, check us out at cbctaylorville.com. Join us now as our guest speaker delivers this week's message. Good morning. How are you? It's good to be back. It's good to be here. Those of you that uh, don't know me, my name is Chris Kitts. I was on staff here back in the early 2000s and everything I learned about ministry I probably learned here both good and bad and I had a weird flashback this morning I can't tell you where my keys are half the time but when uh, I lose everything Paul uh, yeah it started with my mind but I got in with the Christmas decorations and stuff and I don't know if you remember if you were here or not. We did a play. I think it was called Candy Cane Lane. Do you remember? Do you remember dressing me up in that song, Fat Little Baby? (laughs) Why would you do that to me? They're like, we have a role that would be perfect for you. A fat little baby. (laughs) Drinking a baby bottle, just dancing around. Somewhere there's videotape of that, and whoever has that, you better have someone else start your car. Because, yeah. yeah. I don't know why that triggered that in me. I was just like, wow. That's, now you can't stop thinking about it either. Uh, Happy New Year. Man, 2022. Can you believe it? Yeah, yay. Yeah. Uh, been a weird few years. But I can't think of a better song than Great Is Thy Faithfulness. God is faithful, even in things that we don't understand. When we left here, we didn't understand. We had nothing to complain about. I loved it here. I loved it. It was some of the fondest memories of my life were right here. But God is faithful. And now I get the privilege of pastoring a church that we got to start from something that didn't exist to now we get to pastor a church that's 12 years old in a town similar to this one. So as I was learning how to minister in a town that's rural, that's different, small town's different. Do you know that? Do you know that? If someone gets mad at your church at a small town, you see them at the grocery store. You see them at the ball field. Big town, like... Blah, 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 blah. I don't ever see you again, and we're good. Here, it's like, hey, how are your mom and them? Right? It's just weird. But I never thought that I would be able to do that. I never, that wasn't on my radar, but God is faithful, and, and he knows. And we left here, and when we left here, didn't make sense on paper. We left a, a full-time job. The church took amazing care of us. We, the youth department was so much fun. We did dumb things and people just showed up. It was cool. And lives were being changed. And we left and I took a job where I had to go back bivocational. Didn't understand that. It didn't make sense. But I just had a piece of that's what God wanted us to do. And through that bivocational job, I had to go to the town where we started our church at and had to meet judges and everything. And God knew what he was doing the whole time. And God still knows what he's doing. Even though 
we don't know. But it's a brand new year. Uh, and it's a good time to... One thing I always said when I was doing youth here is every day is a do-over. If I could teach that, every day is a do-over, that we can start over. Everyone in here brought weird baggage with them that you don't even know you have. The older I get, the weirder I, I the more I know myself, and the weirder I'm like, why, I, now I know I am what I am. And I learn more about myself every day. And some stuff I like, some stuff is like, oh, that explains why you're the way you are. But a new year brings a, a, a chance to start over, doesn't it? And I think collectively as a society, we all want that, don't we? We all want that do-over. We're, we're tired of playing defense, and it's time to go on offense. Don't you think? But how? How do we do that? Well, let's not make it more complicated than it has to be. God makes the gospel so clear that little kids get to understand it. So we don't have to overthink it. But New Year's always brings new opportunity. I remember as a kid, it was 1979 rolling into 1980. I just dated myself there too. And we used to go, my, I had several cousins and we lived in a town similar to this and my, my parents would always take us to our, dump us off on my grandmother and she would let us go outside and, at midnight and we'd get pie pans or plates and bang, Happy New Year, and she'd march us around the neighborhood. But I remember that particular one. We got up New Year's Day and Rick James was on Dick Clark's Rock and Eve the night before. And my grandmother was a sweet little godly lady that had a church voice, you know. Uh, she would sing Ave Maria in a high church voice. But I just have this weird memory of January 1, 1980. My grandmother making bacon, and it was popping, you know. Ow! But she was singing super freak in her church voice. <laughs> She's a very freaky girl. It just, that just That's my grandma. I, and so anytime I think of New Year, I think of that, and I think of, you know, you just, it's a good time to start anew. What is it that we need to start anew? It's easy to get into ruts, isn't it? Why are ruts called ruts? Because you take the same path over and over and over again, and our mind even makes ruts. But if you have your Bible, turn them to, to Luke uh, chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. And this is the story of Zacchaeus. They may even be learning this downstairs. Who remembers the song? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Right? See? You got it? Now it's, that's going to be stuck in your head instead of super free. I did you a favor. Yeah. Can I pray before we read God's word? Father, we love you. God, as we read your word, it tells us everything that we need to know. It tells us our condition, our sin condition. It tells us how much you love us and what you did about that sin condition. 
And then, Father, as we see this historical account, not a fairy tale, but a, a, an actual event, an actual history that was recorded in your word for us to have for a reason that is fairly easy to understand. We see that when we see you as your person of Jesus Christ, we see how you, the God, the Father, acts. We see your character. So, Father, as we begin a new year, the world needs godly people more now than ever before. And so, Father, help us not believe lies that Satan tries to tell us about ourselves. Help us see people the way that you see people, just as we will see here in a second in your word. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. So it says in verse, uh, I'm so blind, I have to like make this real wide, then I have to scroll. Uh, chapter 19. <laughs> I do that all the time, man. Nineteen. In preaching, that's considered the same thing as a balk, as a pitcher on the pitcher's mail where he acts like he's doing. All right, verse 1 says, As he entered Jericho, as he entered Jericho, he was passing through. So you see, Jesus and his disciples are headed back to Jerusalem. As he's going back, he knows what he's headed to in Jerusalem. He's about to be put to death. See, Jesus is all-knowing. He didn't have to enter into GPS. Well, how do I get there? He knew what the path he took was on purpose. And he entered, he entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. And he was a t chief tax collector and was rich. And was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, I'm sorry, of the crowd, he could not. Because he was small in stature. I have a 28-inch inseam. I had to have someone help me get Gatorade off of the shelf the other day. I wasn't proud of it. You know, poor Kelly. I know. I know. Half my pants, I call it the hillbilly hymn. They're just so long, I just walk them off. But he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came into that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. For I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And verse 7 says, And when he saw it, saw it, they, when they saw it, they grumbled. And he's gone, he has, oh man, I am messing this totally up. He has gone in to be on the half of the good. Man, I, what? But I should, yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that before I started? Man. 
just sounded out with, yeah, he's brailled. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw him, they grumbled. He has gone to be with the guest of a man who is a sinner. Then beep. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, uh, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and I have defrauded. if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he has also seen... Man, I'm still messing that up. Since he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save what? Those that are lost. So some things I want us to notice here today, besides, don't remember that reading part, <laughs> was, remember, when we see Jesus, that is God in flesh. So when we see how he acts, that is how God the Father, that's his character. Correct? And so he knows what he's headed to. And here, our world does not really change that much. Times change. I mean, I got more technology in my pocket than they landed on the moon with. Times change, technology change, but na man's nature pretty much stays the same. And so here's a guy, Zacchaeus, who needed something that he didn't even know what he needed. We watch the news, and we can be overwhelmed and think those people and be mad. But really, you can't expect to someone to act like Christ that doesn't know Christ. Correct? And if nobody's telling them, why am I mad? So we see this guy, Zacchaeus, that he's a tax collector. And at that time, the world ran by the Roman Empire. And to fund that, they collect taxes to feed their armies that keep everybody in check. And he was the chief of them, so he was good at it. A little weasel. Can you picture it in your mind? Just a little short, little chihuahua-like you know, you know, with the, with a little bit of power. So it's kind of a jerk. And then you see Jesus and his disciples. And then you see the religious people. In this in this what few verses that we read, we see we see three sides of this entire how this goes down which are which are we I it's good f at a new year to just check yourself to make sure that we're not in a rut remember that commercial a long time ago Dunkin Donuts time to make the donuts right he'd walk in 
I made the donuts. And just every day was the same. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? As Christ's church, as his bride, as what he's told us to do, are we doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? People need Jesus, don't they? One of the very first series I ever studied and taught was here is when people meet Jesus, they're never the same again. I don't know if you guys remember it or not, but you look at, we had, remember Crazy Naked Guy? Do you, do you, no, none of you people that were in the youth department, good. So I really wasn't, I didn't do a very good job. But the premise was, anytime in scripture someone comes in contact with Jesus, their life is never the same again. To the point to where sometimes they're not even recognizable. Doesn't he still want to do that today? And so here's what a, a few things I want us to see. God, first of all, God's timing is perfect. Oh, sorry, that is my alarm to tell me to quit teaching Sunday school that I forgot to turn off. Yeah, a little raffy. So. Uh, but God's timing is perfect. He went, Jesus went through Jericho on purpose. He knew what he was doing. He is all-knowing and he knew what was going to go down. He knew his disciples needed a lesson because he was about to leave them and they were going to start the first church. He knew that the religious people were religious and they were going to do what they've always done. We're better than this person because we know the Lord. Oh, hey, speaking of, not that my wife's better than anybody, but we came into town and we got Pop-Tarts. I said, you want Pop-Tarts? She said, do they have a toaster? No, I don't eat Pop-Tarts that aren't toasted. <laughs> so pretentious. So I got out the Pop-Tarts and, man, this is a good year for Pop-Tarts. I'm kidding. I didn't do that. But God's timing is perfect. Even though we don't understand it. There's a lot of stuff I don't understand. In the season of life when we were here and God put a weird thing in me that we needed to leave, I didn't understand it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to come here for the first, in the first place to tell you the truth. I, just, I was struggling with whether I should be in ministry or not. And I thought, well, God, I'm tired of struggling. If this place will have me, I'll try. And I'm so glad you did. fell in love with you, fell in love with the people here and you were patient with me. I'd stand up here and do the missionary of the week and say the dumbest things. Pretty much like I'm doing now. I haven't outgrown it. But, but all that was teaching me 
but God's timing is perfect, and there's things I don't understand, but I do understand that if he's faithful when I take this step, he'll be faithful when I take this step. And then he'll be faithful when I take this step, even though I don't understand. And there's a lot of things that I would not ask for. But I know God is faithful because he was faithful in that step. In the last few years, one of the hardest things I've ever been through is watching my mother die from cancer. Why? I don't know. I don't get it. And then my father has Louis body dementia and that was starting to get bad at the time, so then I was taking care of him. And there's a really hard season of life to where I think, God, why, why? Trying to lead this church and being torn between. And I was like, why, God? I don't, but I do know God's timing is perfect. God wasn't doing something to punish me. Do you know how I know that? Because he was faithful here. Now, if I had to skip a step, I don't know if I could have handled that. But his timing is perfect. Not that he, like, okay, Chris, you hit somebody with your card at Walmart, now your mom's got cancer. No, it wasn't punishment. We just live in a broken world. And the Bible says it, it, it rains on the just and the unjust. And bad things happen to good people. And it's nobody's fault, just it's our world's broke. But through that experience, it grew me more than anything in my life thus far. Because that's all I could go to was God. I didn't understand why. I couldn't fake it till I made it. God's timing is perfect, even, even when we don't understand it. If it's in his will and his timing, he knows what he's doing. He can even turn the dumbest thing I've done into something that's glorious to him. Did you know that? You may sit here this morning thinking, man, I need a do-over. I need a reset. God, he can't use me because of things I've done in my past. Phooey. With great mistakes comes great victory. If you let him. Verse 2 says, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was the chief tax collector of the rich. Zacchaeus needed a reset. He was a jerk. He was a thief. We can... I tell the church in Glenrose, where we pastor all the time, was at a football game. And this guy was coming up the steps, and he had a broken arm and a broken leg. And he was... I don't know why his family sent him to get all the popcorn and hot dogs... But he was coming up the steps, and he had all his hands were full, his arm was in his cast, his other leg was broken, a cast, and he was hobbling his way all the way up to the top. And multiple people along the way said, Hey, can I help you? Nope, I'm all right. I'm all right. 
And each time he'd say it, more popcorn would come flying out of the thing. And you'd look at this guy's like, dude, you are not all right. <laughs> but I think as Christ followers, we act the same way. We don't understand things. We hurt. We isolate ourselves. We believe lies. And we go through and say, I'm okay. I'm okay. And we're not okay. Zacchaeus wasn't okay. We could come to church on Sunday and say the right things and, and leave not looking any more like Jesus. I've done it. Right? You think in your brain, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> right? Fighting on the way to church. Just shut up. Just shut Oh, hey, brother, how you doing? <laughs> I remember one time, uh, my oldest daughter, Kelsey, we were living in the house over here on Maxwell, and she was three-year-old, and I don't know if three-year-old is way worse than two. I'm just saying. But I had to drag her to church. She didn't want to go. I was, I was over here trying to get things set up, and Kelly calls and says, you need to come get your daughter. You know, so it's my daughter. And I just remember dragging her over here, Dolly Brown, and almost had her. I did. I had her over my shoulder, and she was screaming, My panties are showing! Because <laughs> I had her over my you know, shoulder. I was like, Here, take this kid. I then had to go teach Sunday school class. Let's all just smile. Man, I was. That day I was thinking, Thank you, Lord, for this gift you give me, my child. Right? We've all been there, haven't we? Zacchaeus wasn't okay. In fact, he didn't even know the Lord. But he knew he needed something. Everybody hates me. Why do you think he acts the way he acts? Have you ever thought about that? Why do people act the way they act instead of just, I just want to punch you? phrase I heard a long time ago that really makes a lot of sense to me is hurting people hurt people. You corner a dog, what are they going to do? They're going to come at you, right? You can't expect people that don't know Christ to act like Christ. And so Zacchaeus knew that he needed something, but he didn't know what it was. But God's timing is perfect. So what did he do? Verse 3. It says, And he was seeking to see Jesus, but on the account of the crowd, he couldn't because he was small in stature. You see, Zacchaeus knew he needed something. He didn't know what it was, but he heard about Jesus. There is no reset. There is no redo Without Jesus. He changes everything. Who in your life needs Jesus? Or are we caught in a rut so much that we make the donuts, but it's just going to church? 
I went to church. It's time to go to church. I went to church. And at church, we, we do have, we have our social needs met, which that's part of it. We, we, a lot, we have a network of people who love us and care for us, and that's all part of it. But if we leave out the biggest part, then we're missing the boat, aren't we? Do you remember what your life was like before you met Christ? Maybe you're here today and you don't know him. That's okay, we've all been there too. But do you remember what it was like? Take yourself back to that spot. I was invited to church by a kid in my class. I moved to a new town and had no friends. And this kid invited me to, to church that I was sitting next to in class. And they picked me up on a bus. And I heard the greatest news ever. And did I hear it the first time? No. They set us off in a section with all these bus kids. And if you know me at all, I love to get people in trouble. I'm ornery. I am 50 years old and I have not outgrown that. I got Rachel's kids in trouble yesterday. We were playing. They came over to see us where we were staying. And we made this ball out of a McDonald's bag and was playing. And then the kids discovered the microwave. And I thought, well, what's it going to hurt to microwave a bag? Well, don't do that. <laughs> Turns out when you microwave a bag over and over and over again that's full of McDonald's french fry grease, it catches on fire. <laughs> but I'm there, and I, I was not... A church kid. I didn't grow up in church. Someone had to invite me to put me in a place to introduce me to him. And I didn't hear it the first time. I was sitting over there with all those bus kids telling them, you know, it would be funny if you did this. And those poor people that were trying to hurt us, little junior high kids up, God bless them. But then one day, somebody, one of those people said, if you'll just be quiet, I'll never get on to you again. And I thought to myself, what a deal is this? There's girls here. There's donuts every Sunday. I got it made. Then this guy's never going to get on to me again. It's like free reign to just mischievousness. But I did. And it, I heard the good news of the gospel, and it changed my life. I'm here today. I was When I lived here, it goes back to God's timing is perfect. Just like Zacchaeus, he knew he needed something. Why does Zacchaeus want Jesus? He knew something was missing and he heard stories about what was going on. What, do, what does the world hear now when they hear Christ followers, Christians. Do they hear the saving, loving power of Jesus or do they hear a bunch of hate-filled, bigoted, you know what I'm saying? And I know a lot of it is perpetuating a stereotype. I get so mad when I see something like that on TV and they portray a Christ follower as a, and you think there's, that's not the truth. 
But sometimes we give ammunition for people to shoot at us, don't we? He heard what Jesus was doing. And he knew his life was so messed up that he ran and climbed a tree. There was a sense of urgency, wasn't there? My life, I'm in such a need that I am going to run and climb a tree just to get a glimpse at this guy, to see if it's for real or not. You may be here today, and you feel an urgency in your life, and you try things to make that work. But can I tell you, outside of Jesus, you get no redo. You get no reset. Zacchaeus had to leave what was comfortable and climb a tree. I hate heights. I remember one time I was changing light bulbs over here in the gym with the ladder. And you had to put the, the extension ladder up on the thing, the beam, and then like lift the cage up. And then like, again, I have a 28-inch inseam. I'm not that tall. So I had to unscrew the bulb and try to hang on to the ladder at the same time. And then Greg Wendell came by and said, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know, but I'm just going to live up here on this ladder. It was uncomfortable. Zacchaeus already had a reputation of everybody hates me. But he had such an urgency in his life that nothing was going to stop him from that encounter with Jesus Christ. What is it that we use to stop us? from that encounter with Christ because we can rationalize anything can't we oh well I can't do that because of this you fill in the blank you know what that is you know what your comfort zone is let's look at verse 5 and when Jesus came to that place he looked up and said to him, said to him Zacchaeus hurry come down for I must stay at your house today here's something really cool I want us to see Jesus Saw Zacchaeus. Isn't that awesome? What Zacchaeus thought he was doing, Christ went out of his way all the way through Jericho on purpose because he knew he needed to be there for him. He was looking for him. You know, the Bible says to us, while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that amazing? He says, I'm coming to your house today. That's the God we serve. Rather than Zacchaeus getting a glimpse of Jesus, Jesus sees him. Jesus loves us in our sin. I mean, when I got saved, I was... 13. I mean, I couldn't be doing, I wasn't into much sin, sin. The fact is, I was separated from God because of my sin. God could not be around me in my sin state because God's holy. 
And if he's around sin, then guess what? It rubs off on him. My sweater smells like burnt McDonald's bag. I was sitting in the front row. I was like, is that my nose or is that me? You know, because you ever been around something burnt? I had the waft of burnt McDonald's bag on me. And my, my sweater was in the closet. In my sin, without Jesus Christ, I cannot be around God. Because God is holy. And as much as he loves me, he cannot be around sin. Or he'll cease to be holy. That's why he, he comes in the person of Jesus Christ. He lives a sinless life. Dies. One of the most brutal deaths ever known to man. Didn't come when lethal injection, firing squad, guillotine. Comes when the cross is how they put people to death. Most embarrassing, naked, hanging on a cross. The Bible says you can't recognize him as a man. And he died. And not just died, he rose again. And then the Bible tells me, if I believe that and repent of my sin, then I can be around God. While I was still a yet sinner, Christ died for me. My good stuff does not have to outweigh my bad stuff. Because it never will. When people meet Jesus, they're never the same again. So Zacchaeus had this big need. And it drove him to seek out Jesus. Then all the church people turn their nose up at him when Jesus says, Come down from there. I want, I'm going to spend the day at your house. Well, who does he think he is? Right? It's even setting the stage for Christ's crucifixion. But God's timing's perfect. Let's go back a little bit. He understands, doesn't he? Let's ver read verse 6. It says, So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Sinner. Man, I'm guilty of this. Someone doesn't look like me, act like me, is offensive to me. My first instinct is not give him Jesus. Because that's my natural state. But when I am walking with Jesus, there's times ministry is hard. And there's time, many times I thought, I just want to be a greeter at Walmart. And I'm sure that has its own stresses too. We've even recently at our church had someone that was in leadership quit unexpectedly. And it hurt. Hurt my feelings. I was close to him. I'm like, man, why am I doing this? It's got to be. Then when I get away and I get rest and I get perspective, 
I remember, I remember we had a real hard season of life, and some people let us use their condo in Hawaii. Yeah, sounds <laughs> terrible, but it was awesome. And so I remember being in Hawaii thinking, you know, I was tired, I was hurt in ministry, just a lot of things in life I didn't understand. And then I remember sitting there at the pool, looking around, thinking, I wonder if these people know the Lord. When I got rid of all the distraction, the default was, I wonder if these people know the Lord. You think about all the things that are trying to distract us right now. 24-hour news cycles. Everybody's telling you, hey, you pick a side and go to your corner. And so we're, okay, I'm picking a side and going to my corner. And that is because everybody tells me I'm going to hate you, then I'm right? And do we ever just stop and think, do these people need Jesus? Because when Jesus changes everything, and you look what they said, he's going to go eat with those sinners. Man, I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it, aren't we? And I'm ashamed. That sometimes I just get in such a rut that I don't stop to think. I can't expect people that don't know the Lord to act like they do. And so before I get mad at a politician, before I get mad at a Facebook post, have I been faithful to do what I know to do? Put people in a position to meet Jesus Christ just like someone did for me that changed my life. Anytime I start pointing fingers, I need to check myself and make sure I'm not the problem. Anybody watch Christmas Vacation? Right? That's one of my favorite movies ever. And every family has a cousin Eddie in it. And if you don't, you're cousin Eddie. Right? I'm just telling you. People need the Lord. You really can't worry about what people are saying when you're being led by Jesus Christ. All the religious people are like, oh, he's going to go eat with the house. He's going to go. Zacchaeus is having Jesus over. Ooh, that sinner and blah, blah, blah. And everybody starts talking. But really, when Jesus fooled on everybody else, right? What an honor. Jesus wants to hang out with me. I don't care what anybody else says. I remember playing kickball as a kid, picking teams at recess. And if you can imagine me as a kid, there's a reason I am why I am. Right now I'm wearing glasses and contacts at the same time so I can wear thinner glasses. Most of you have seen my thick glasses. And I even had a brace on my leg like a Forrest Gump brace as a kid. And my mother cut my hair. And I don't do well sitting still. So if you can imagine my leg out in a chair, big glasses, my mother cutting my hair with a Salem 100 hanging out of her mouth saying, sit still, wham! And just hit me with that brush and just, that's what I look like, right? So we're, we're picking teams at, at lunch, and an older kid 
knew my name for one thing. Remember how, how cool it was when a big kid knew who you were? And then he picked me and I wasn't picked last. Man, I'd have ran through a brick wall for that dude because, first of all, he knew my name. He was cool. You think of all the people God chooses. Think of the time that we live in. Out of all the people, all the time periods we could live, God chooses us to live now. If it's the bottom of the ninth and there's two outs and you're up to bat, who do you want up to bat? Your best hitter, don't you? Time is short. The Lord's coming back. You can see the, the signs of the times everywhere. What an honor it is for people like you and me that know the gospel to be picked to give it out at this time. When people meet Jesus, their life is never the same again. So we can't worry about what other people are thinking. Zacchaeus needed a reset. We need a reset. The world needs a reset. And I can't prove this in scripture anywhere, but I do know how much God loves us. I believe there's going to be one more big revival before Christ comes back. I really do. Just based upon how much he loves us. And you think about all the technology and things that we have now that could, that could give people the good news of the gospel. And if going through a little heartache causes people to realize what, just like Zacchaeus, I need something different in my life, causes the world to wake up. I don't like it. But man, I, if, I, if my name got called, bottom of the ninth, Two outs. Joe for basketball if it's fourth quarter. I had to put him, I want to give you a basketball illustration. Fourth quarter, tied up, one second left. You're at the free throw line. Who do you want? Your best free throw shooter, right? God's called us, man. What an honor. Why would we say, nope, I'm just going to sit on the bench? Because we believe lies that we can't, that God can't use us, that, that my sin disqualifies me. God can use us even when we're broken. We all need that reset. The ultimate reset is found in the gospel. Did you just hear what I said? That the ultimate reset is found in that gospel, that good news. That while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. That changes everything. Every day is a do-over. If I messed up yesterday, I can get up today and say, God, I'm sorry, I'm going today. Everybody. Jesus resets our position with God. Before knowing him, he couldn't be around me. 
Now the Bible says that those that know him, we are co-heirs with Christ. Hello? He knows your name. And he is big enough to give you the do-over that you need. He's big enough to take that pain that you are carrying to where you've gotten so used to carrying it that you don't know what it's like not to have it. Have you ever felt, been sick and felt so sick for so long that when you felt good you forgot what it was like to feel healthy? That you just get used to living that way so long? Because of the gospel, God says, even though you're hurt, I'm made to carry that hurt. Through the grief I've carried the last few years, I wouldn't sign up for it. But because of it, God has never been more real to me in my life. We all need that re that reset, that redo. Jesus resets our position with the Father. When we see Jesus, we see God's character, right? So let's picture in the scripture where all these little kids are running up to Jesus. And they're like, no, no, don't bother Jesus. What does Jesus say? No, man. Don't suffer the little children. Let them come. Why do you think he did that? First of all, those little kids need Jesus too, right? But there's a bigger picture. We may think, well, if everything that's going on in the world, what's going on in my life is really not that big a deal. And I'll just, I'll just learn to live with it. But if it hurts you, it hurts God. He didn't die on a cross for me to walk around with a loser limp. You know what I'm talking about? having excuses why my life is the way it is. He paid it all. He did his part. I need to do my part. Sometimes it's just as simple as saying, God, I'm sorry, I need a do-over. Jesus resets our position with the Father. So let me ask you this in closing today. As a result of the gospel, we can experience a reset or a redo in every area of our life. First of all, in our hearts. When our hearts change, it changes everything. Are you broken for people? Are you broken for people? I think we get distracted, and I'm guilty of it as well. I'm not preaching at you. This spoke to me long before it spoke to you. I'm tired of people telling me who to love and who to hate. I don't want to be callous to people. We do it to protect ourselves. There's a reason we form calluses, right? But I don't want to be callous towards people. And the good thing about having a relationship with God, He knows before you know. So there is nothing even wrong with saying, God, I don't like people. You know it. 
I know I need to. Could you convict me of that? You ever played hide and seek with a toddler? They're over there. <laughs> You're like, where are they? Where'd they go? They knew, we know the whole time, right? That's the same thing with us and God. He knows the whole time. So why are we acting like we're putting on a show? Let's be honest with him. God, people get on my nerves. Or I find myself calloused. Why not just tell him? When our hearts are changed, everything changes. Maybe our heart needs a reset. Our heart needs a redo. Maybe it's our priorities. Man, people's priorities. Something I've learned over the years is you know what people love. People spend their money on what they love. They spend their time on what they love. Right? I'm an Ohio State fan. Don't shoot me. I know. I don't, if I wasn't, didn't live there until I was 10, I wouldn't like them either. They're horrible people. <laughs> Terrible fans. Half time, yeah, anyway. But you don't have to ask me what team I follow because you know. I have Ohio State shoes. I have Ohio State shower curtain. I, right? You know what my team is. You know what people love. Whether, they, whether we know it or not, we, we tell people, here, you want a good Texas phrase? What's in the well comes up in the bucket. It's going to come out. What we, what's on the inside is going to come out on the outside. What's our priorities? Do, do our priorities need a reset? I'm challenging our church. Of course, it's really a terrible challenge because I was not there today. But to, <laughs> to go to church nine weeks in a row starting today. You know, the average, they say an average Christian, a regular church attender is once every six weeks. Isn't that sad? What happened if you'd eat a meal only once every six weeks? God can change our priorities. What's most important? He'll change our habits. We can have a redo in our habits. A reset. Just like Zacchaeus. He needed it. So there's two questions we ask. First of all, if we're asking ourselves, okay, I get why Zacchaeus did what he did. He knew his life was a mess. He didn't know Jesus. Jesus saw him. Jesus accepted him. And then what did we see in Scripture? He said, God, whoever I wronged, I'm going to do right. So God changed his heart. He changed his life. He changed his reputation. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ at all.
Just as I explained, God can't be around sin. If something was to happen, you could not be around God. If you were to die, you would be separated from him, and to be separated from him is hell. I love you enough to tell you the things that aren't pretty. Well, I'm here at church. Going to church does not make you a Christian any more than sitting in your garage makes you a car. It's what you do with that decision of Jesus Christ. To where in Ephesians says, it is by faith and not through works, let anybody boast. I, I can't earn it. It's just a gift, man. Just as you opened Christmas at, gifts at Christmas, you didn't have to run around the block or, you know, pay for, for him, work for him. It's just somebody loved you and gave you a gift and you opened it and it's yours. That's how much God loves us. That he sent this very same Jesus that we read about here a week before he goes to the cross. And because of that, he says, all I have to do is believe in him, ask him to forgive me, come into my life and save me. And then I have that encounter with Jesus that changes my life. Have you done that today? I would say most people in here have. And if you haven't, Everybody else in this room that has has been right where you are at. No amount of pride is worth missing that. But then those of us that have had that encounter, sometimes the tail wags the dog. We don't mean to, but we can get so distracted and you even see it in scripture where Paul is challenging the church and he says, you left your first love. In 2022, I almost sounded like Al Sharpton, didn't I? I was going to say in 2022, we need a redo. That, that rhymes. I'm not that clever. But really, it was a new year. Isn't it time for a new start? Instead of always playing defense, always reacting to what the world is throwing at us, isn't it a good time for Christ believers to say, it's time for us to go on offense? It's time for us to be broken for people. It's time that I use my time wisely just as Jesus did to where it looks like he's just going through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem but he's purposefully doing what he's doing the entire time he's doing it and we're reading about it today if you're here today and you need a redo can I pray for you? If everybody would, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, just, just let me ask you th this question. As we start a new year, we're just the second day into it. As Calvary is going to look different 
this time next year. When I got here, people say, oh, Chris, you did such a great job with the youth. Do you know why? Because there was an awesome children's program, and there was, I was handed something that was set up for success. With everything that's going on in the world, you can have a redo today and recommit to your first love of loving people the way that Christ loved people. And you may not be there yet. You may think, man, I'm just walking around grouchy. I think most people are. But God's big enough to give us that redo. And it starts with just having that honest conversation with him. So can I challenge you today to just pray right where you're at right now? Again, information without application will lead you to frustration. If we're getting the information at church and we're reading our Bible and we're still living a frustrated life, could it possibly be that you're not applying the information? You're just taking it in. If you're here, you say, Chris, would you pray for me? That God breaks me for what he's broken for. Thank you. Father, as we come today in your presence, I thank you that for a new year, it reminds us that we can have a do-over, a reset. So, Father, in this community, there are people just like Zacchaeus that need you. And you no longer walk the earth physically, but you give us your person of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that know you. And it's that Holy Spirit, that person of you, that now we are your hands and feet. So, Father, help us that know you, be so led by your Holy Spirit that we know when we go to the grocery store that it's not just a mundane task. It's an opportunity to look for people that don't know you. Father, as we dismiss here in a few minutes and we go to restaurants, it is an opportunity for us to build your reputation that Christ followers are the most patient and kind and generous people, even when it doesn't make sense. And so, Father, as you continue to break us to love people the way that you love people, this place will look different this time next year. This place will look different this time 20 years from now. Father, because this church existed, I get to do what I do. Even though day in, day out, the people at Calvary don't get to see the victories at Rivers Church, but they are just as much a part of it. So, Father, help refocus us. 
reset us, and give us a do-over. And we thank you out of all the people in the world that you could choose to do it, you choose us. And we ask these things in your name. Amen.